The stories, topics, and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect DCI, individual member cores, or other ensembles. These are our personal opinions and experiences, which may or may not be the same as others. With all that said, we hope you all enjoy, and let's begin. Welcome to Set the Arc. I'm your host, Jeremy Castro, along with my co-host, Philip Nims. Philip, how you doing? I'm, good. <laughs> I'm doing good, Jeremy. Um, I'm being bullied right now um, behind the <laughs> scenes by another special guest that we have on the show. Um, it's someone I personally have never marched with, but Jeremy has marched with this individual. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? I, I'm Natalie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where did you march, Natalie? Um, I marched Compass the 2019. Back in 2019. What What's your main instrument? Uh, my main instrument is a saxophone. Which saxophone? Um, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Okay, of them. you're you're cool. cool. Besides so, the, the the contra one. Okay. Besides the contra bass one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what instrument did you play when you marched drum corps? I marched baritone. Nice. Okay. okay. Another baritone player. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's great to have you, Natalie. Uh, for people that don't know, like, you know, she, <laughs> I kind of like brought her along to drum corps. So yes, yes. Like, do you want to talk about like your experience with like, you know, how you got into it and like, yeah, how'd you find out about um, drum corps? Well, I found out from my like people at my high school, um, like just doing marching band in high school, and then of course also Jeremy. Um. But yeah, I didn't really start like watching videos until, um, like high school until I started getting into band and stuff like that. Started like kind of taking music seriously. I gotcha. Nice. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of obvious what we're doing on this on this episode because we're talking about learning a new instrument for DCI, and pretty much what that entails is you know if you're a woodwind, you're gonna find a brass instrument or a percussion instrument. Or, you know, move to front ensemble or co- possibly color guard. But mainly we're focusing on brass, you know, um, right here. So, Philip, you want to start us off? Because I know you were kind of a, um, what is it? You were a trombonist before. Yeah, so I played <clears throat> trombone before I got into drum corps. And so I had to learn baritone, obviously. Um, so what I did, this is kind of a, a weird way. Cause I didn't know how to play valves. Um, so what I did was I bought, um, I actually mentioned this. Um, in, in a previous episode, I, I actually bought um, a former friend of mine's trumpet so I can learn um, how to play valves and stuff. So um, I, I would like play trumpet so I can learn the fingerings for valve. And then when I actually got a baritone, it was it was easier to transfer that to uh, to that instrument. So, um, but I know it's a lot harder for for woodwind players learning an entirely different. Um, instrument and like technique and pedagogy so natalie do you want to talk about going from learning saxophone um to uh shoot going (laughs) going from saxophone to baritone yeah um well at first i didn't really know what i was gonna play i had looked into everything from percussion to like um at first i i even started playing on jeremy's trumpet Mm -hmm. for like a couple weeks and then I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. It really messed with, like, my embouchure for saxophone and stuff like that. Um, and I still wanted to be able to play saxophone and be able to switch from the two easily. 
So I guess that's how I ended up on baritone because I didn't really want to carry a contra around. <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah. Um, to those of you who play contra, mad respect. Rest in peace your back. Yeah, rest in <laughs> yeah. peace your back and arms. You play refrigerator. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because coming from, you know, like learning the music to, you know, from... Because I, I know um, we started on trumpet with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you want to switch to the baritone? Like, did you was there anything specific that you saw that was like, oh, baritone is probably the key instrument I want to play? Um, I guess trumpet, it's just high brass. I feel like everybody plays trumpet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you I know mean, what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. I like, yeah, and I just more like the low brass sound better than I did the high brass. Okay. And it's from being a Barry sax player, low brass is just more of something that I listen to and look for. Okay, yeah, I can, I can completely understand that. Yeah, so so talk about the process of um, learning from woodwind to to a brass instrument because the pedagogy is completely different. Um, I feel like to this day I'm still learning it. Like, marching with it, first of all, was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I did not know what I was doing. It was really weird. Like, the first camp I went to, I think I got the baritone on, like, a Tuesday, and then the camp was on Friday. Oh, yes, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Um, I was not very prepared, but thankfully the staff at Compass worked really well with me. But um, a lot of it was learning how to buzz and just just constantly picking it up and learning the pitches, and it's still something that I have trouble with to this day. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that whenever you first started, you know, like, obviously like, I tried to help you out. You had other... Um, educators try to like people that knew what they were doing with the instrument that had previously played it you try to get advice and Mm -hmm. um like just some like lessons from them Mm -hmm. you know just trying to you know obviously better prepare yourself with your um audition material and like just how to better um better you know just better embouchure and you're playing so whenever it came down to like just continuing with the instrument like what made you like just want to stay with it because obviously that baritone is heavy you're a pretty small girl <laughs> and I, i'm i'm sure that the weight um the i mean if it, get, if it gets like, strong dudes who like hold baritone and stuff yeah. if it gets them then i know it gets exactly like a, t- a tiny small human being um hmm i guess just yeah i like the sound of it i just once I started playing it, like, it just kind of took off from there. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, sometimes it's all Sometimes it's all, it's, it's all it is, mm-hmm. man. Because I know that we had um, pretty frequent um, horn holding parties that we... Yeah. Oh, those are fun. <laughs> because I knew that... Because me, like, marching a few, a few years, it's, um, it's like, I know you're... That's probably going to be the most difficult thing as a low brass mm-hmm. player. Because yes. I know that they always... Um, complained about it and obviously i they have the right to but um <laughs> not really i mean but... i mean yeah i mean that's their they picked it they have to deal with they it they picked but your poison exactly so whenever um i was helping you you know with your posture how to maintain it and you know like consistently um stay still because i know that obviously you want to lower your bell you want to you know move a little Wiggle. bit so how how did that like kind of condition you into the season I mean, it's a mental game, honestly. I know, like, any type of workout that you do, previous to drum corps, I was a runner, so, like, I'm just that, I just have that stubborn mindset, like, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, keep on going, mm-hmm. just keep the horn up. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that for Philip as well, like, how is, how is that transitioning from, you know, trombone that you kind of have some distributed yeah, trombone, weight on I mean, your shoulder? I mean, the more experience I got with trombone, I learned that 
technically you're not really supposed to have it on your shoulder. You're supposed to have it like about an inch okay. up from your shoulder and just mm -hmm. hold it up with your hand. Okay. But no, absolutely. It was, it was rough. Um, I wasn't a runner. I wasn't really in athletics. Um, I played hockey for a little bit before I committed to drum corps. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, it was really a struggle for me. I didn't have that, that runner's mindset of, you know, just got to push through. So for me, it was just a matter of fighting through it and getting stronger so that mm -hmm. I don't have to, to shake as much. So, um, yeah, I would just look at, look at myself in the mirror while holding the horn. I would record myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd set a timer. How long can I hold the horn without breaking? Mm -hmm. And I think I, the longest I went was like a half hour. Nice. Holding a uh, Jupiter euphonium. I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just holding the horn for extended periods of time because it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, um, yeah. And you're especially not doing yourselves any favors by not working at holding the instrument. So it, it's just a process, you know, you're not going to look good. I mean, especially if you're new to baritone euphonium, you're not going to look good your first few visual yeah. blocks. You know, it's going to take time to develop that, that muscular endurance to hold the horn up for that long. Yeah, of course. Because I know that whenever we did holding parties, I would have you like, just to make time go faster or make it feel like it was going faster, I'd have you listen to music or listen to a show. Yeah. Kind of like, like, oh, yeah, like, we'll say, like, oh, yeah, we can do a full minute, then we'll switch. I'll carry the baritone, I'll, you know, hold it. Then we switch for two minutes, then, mm -hmm. you know, kind of yeah. increase um, the timing of, of holding it. So whenever it came to actually, like, learning the, get, like, learning the fingerings, I know that it takes a while for, like, for you to actually develop an embouchure mm -hmm. to um, just generally play the horn and figure out the valve combinations. Like, how, how was that for you? Um, so, like, I think the day before camp, I went to the library, and I printed out, like, um, a fingering chart mm -hmm. of yeah. everything, and I just had it next to my stand, and every time I didn't know anything, I would, like, look behind the page, because I didn't want people to know. I mean, like, <laughs> obviously, it was my first camp. Obviously, this was, like, baritone was pretty new to me based off the way I was playing, mm -hmm. but yeah. I don't know. I thought I was being sly with my fingering chart, <laughs> so I was, like... Yeah, so I would, like, peek at it, look at it, and I'd write it down, like, you know, the one and yeah. two, what mm -hmm. position it was or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... But also, just like you were saying with um, holding the baritone, I remember telling myself, like, if I can't play, I'm going to at least be able to hold the horn in March. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Because how, how, how confident are you when it comes to marching? Um, I say, like, if it were marching or playing, marching is definitely, like, my stronger yeah. suit. Yeah, mm -hmm. most certain. That's how that's, I feel that way as well. That marching mm -hmm. is my stronger suit. What about you, Philip? I would say my playing is, is strong. Well, I'd say they're, they're about the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would say I'm... In terms of like dance, my dance is absolutely abysmal. Yes. But when it comes to like actually marching, yeah, maybe my playing is slightly better. Okay. Than my marching, but I would I would say I'm kind of on an even. It balances out. Yeah. yeah. That's good though. I mean that's good though. I wish I kind of had that. Like obviously yeah. I could work on it, but it's kind of hard just doing it by yourself whenever, like you there's no one really to judge you. Yeah. But um, obviously like for me I switched my for my 2019 season the same season that me and Natalie marched together. It was, I switched from trumpet to mellophone. Mm -hmm. So that transition was, obvi like, obviously they had their similarities and differences, mainly in tone and um, embouchure and the mouthpiece a little bit. But And you were playing a different keyed instrument too, I was, right? yes. So honestly, like, switching from one to the other, it wasn't too difficult. It really wasn't. Like, I will say, that first camp, um, I definitely, like, got some... 
like looks like oh you know you play mellophone like it sounds like you know how long like, you, like how long have you been, how long have you been playing literally a week yeah so like <laughs> honestly i picked this up yesterday like, it's my first time playing it so <laughs> i kind of felt bad whenever i said that they're just like oh really i'm like yeah i, I play trumpet i'm a trumpet player but um anyways for me it was more like trying to not listen like because i'm i'm used to hear, listening to higher voices yeah. than i am mellophone voice you have to listen to the fifth when you're exactly so like i would always be like you know a third higher and you or know I'll, i'd always get told you know that i'm just like oh, i i i hear trumpets and i just you know that yeah. was that, that was what's sunk in at the time it's the third right not the fifth yeah it's the third. okay just mm-hmm. making sure music theory is music my theory thing, so. i mean if so you know if if you think it's different let us know down below but um ultimately um i always kind of thought um i always i always had to think down i always had to think down when it came to playing yeah so so what was it like um, transitioning for, for the different fingerings? Because, I mean, it's a different keyed instrument, and the fingerings are pretty much different. Because I've, pl- I've picked up Mellophone a couple times, mm-hmm. i messed around with it, and I get so confused. Like, I'm, the note that I'm pushing down with my finger is the different note that's coming out of the horn that I hear in my head. For, so for, how, how did you adapt to for that? For switching the trumpet to Mellophone, it wasn't... It really wasn't as difficult as you would expect, oh, because okay. every fingering was the same... Um, every, um, fingering, every, um, was every note name was the same because, you know, it's in, what is it? A treble, treble clef. It's not, in, it wasn't in bass clef. Oh, okay. So like, obviously when you switch from bass clef to treble clef there, you have like oh, a yeah, major difference. Absolutely. So for me, whenever it was just switching fingers, it was more switching, um, pitches than oh, it was okay. fingers. Like I, I got used to the fingering real quick. It was just the pitches for me. Yeah. So... Whenever I marched a whole, the whole, you know, little season with um, Compass back in 2019, and I was kind of getting ready to, I was looking for, you know, another core to march with outside of Compass after um, San Antonio Regional, and I got kind of contracted with the Guardians and filled a spot because they wanted me for trumpet. So it was kind of the difficulty of switching from trumpet to mellophone back to trumpet. Oh, okay. That's why I found difficulty because I'm I'm used to bringing it down. I had to bring it back up, yeah. and you know, obviously, it's a little lighter. Than Must have been way easier though. Yes, it was way easier. Honestly, um, I like to think that whenever it came to my um, was it to like you know the balance of the horn, like holding it and like playing it, I felt like I was I felt really prepared. Yeah. Just like how. Physically and mentally, I was like just so I was just so ready to play that trumpet and just like be as good as I can. Obviously, I, I wasn't the best coming out from, you know, a sound sport to an open class core. You know, yeah. obviously, I have people who have marched, you know, there for a, f- a few years, and you have people that um, that are better, you know, than you just in general. Yeah. And you know, maybe you get outplay some, you know, some others. But ultimately, I, I wouldn't say I was a weak link, but I would say that I wasn't the strongest. Yeah. Um, so me just coming from sound sport to open class, I had to pretty much double, double pull my weight. Yeah. Because I, I had to learn all the new music, um, all like the, the music, whole show, all the drill, all, all the, the drill, visuals. visuals. Like I, I really had to, you know, be a sponge for those first two weeks because you know i really wanted to get on that field in march just as much as anyone else yeah and like i talked to a few um um vets that i marched with um after like postseason like guardians yeah guardians okay. and they were like dude honestly like whenever some because like you know it was like some of us compass guys went to go to guardians like honestly like whenever we saw y'all like we thought oh y'all are just here to 
you know, mess around. You know, y'all are just here for a free ticket, but like y'all actually pull y'all's weight and more just to, you know, be with us and yeah. feel like family. Because, you know, I don't like, obviously, I'm not one to be that guy that's just like here just because I had stupid, yeah. like really stupid luck. But um, I'm really just there to like, you know, push myself and have another family outside of um, the family that I originally had because yeah. I spent. You know, the whole um, audition season with Compass, I spent, like, every, almost every, like, pretty much almost every day, like, on that show, just trying to be as good as possible. Yeah. And coming back to, like, Trumpet, like, I I feel like I definitely had to double the work at yeah. that point, whenever I was with Guardians. I, I, as I was so lacking behind, I wanted to be, you know, right up front. Yeah. So. I feel like if you're going to a new instrument, that's a similar thing, because, mm -hmm. you know, um, you have to... You have to, when you're moving to a new instrument, especially if you're like going from woodwind to brass, I feel mm -hmm. like um, you have to do double the work to try to keep up with the people who already know that instrument. So yeah. like, and you have to sound just as good because of balance mm -hmm. sake. You have to sound just as good as people who've already played that instrument. Yeah, of course. And and depending on where you're going and stuff, obviously you can have some liberties there. But, but yeah, Natalie, what what would you say to that? Um, I would say that like. So, obviously, being someone who wasn't very prepared, didn't really know my instrument or anything like that, so being probably one of, like, the bottom players or anything like that, um, I definitely learned more being there, like, than I ever was, like, being, like, a first-chair saxophone in a regular band mm -hmm. from being, um, like, the lowest baritone somewhere else. So, just being on the bottom and learning from the people in front of me, mm -hmm. yeah. that was really great. Because <laughs> I'm also sure that, like, staff also had to i wouldn't say like they, they had to baby you a little bit but like they, they had to um like spend extra time, spend extra with, time me, yeah. with you yeah. yeah and i'm sure that because i'm i think you like con like i won't say constantly but you did get um get in contact with staff to like show your process um progress and like get feedback yeah and or yourself. like my section leaders or other people um in my section that were just better than me were mostly people i were going to i was going to for help and for like how do i play this am i playing mm -hmm. this right is this yeah. good enough can yeah. i get help yeah Definitely. yeah and that's one of the things we mentioned in some of our previous episodes it's like the staff is there to help you mm -hmm. and they're here to to make you successful yeah. so they work for you. you yeah yeah and i did learn a lot from staff but also just remember that the core members around you you can learn a lot from them too yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we mentioned that as well yeah. in the audition video, or video, why do I keep saying that? The audition <laughs> yeah. podcast that we did, um, just looking at vets and trying to copy them and yeah. learning from them. You learn yeah. so much just by trying to copy vets. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, how, how what would you say are some things that you did to sort of transition? Like, more specifically, like, what exercises did you do to go from saxophone to baritone? A lot and a lot of long tones, mm -hmm. buzzing. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of horn holding parties. Yes, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I just spent any free time that I had just messing around with it, messing with my embouchure, things like that. Because, mm. like, playing the horn for everybody is going to be different, obviously. So mm. it's just finding your own groove with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think whenever it came to, um, like, obviously, like, switching to a new instrument, like, for, for you, Natalie, it was, you know, very sax, obviously sax, whatever, too baritone whenever you came down to learning the music what was what did you find most difficult with um probably just like anything else the pitches the pitches <laughs> the pitches because yeah. you can get all the fingerings you can get like your airstream and everything 
But honestly, it's just hearing it and making it sound like the people next mm-hmm. to you and listening to, like, I guess your trio. Yeah. You know, that's probably one of the hardest things that I had trouble with, at least. Yeah. Because I know that during uh, most of our season, like, you, like, I could say this because, you know, obviously I know you. I've, I've seen you grow from mm-hmm. not knowing the instrument to, like, the end of the season where you actually, like, absolutely love the instrument. You're not the best, but you're definitely not lacking, you know, compared to those who have play their instrument the whole time yeah because i know that whenever you know obviously whenever you play instrument throughout your whole career like you know say for uh french horn and you play mellophone you could kind of like not put in as much effort as someone who has switched from you know clarinet to mellophone yeah and they will probably you know i won't say probably but they will they could possibly um excel in mellophone and try like you know what i want to make french horn my main instrument of choice yeah, yeah. and they, you know maybe they'll do it in college or whatever but at, sometimes i have seen that new players that have switched from a woodwind to a brass they kind of excel in it farther than someone who's been playing it all their life so yeah or you just find a new love for that instrument yeah. like um i played trombone since sixth grade all the way through high school and when I picked up baritone, I, I learned that, oh, I love baritone more than trombone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, controversial statement, I know, but um, <laughs> I don't own my own um, concert euphonium, unfortunately. But if I did, I'd probably play that a lot more than I play trombone. Because, mm-hmm. number one, I'm better at baritone. Because yeah. <laughs> I put more hours into it, thanks to drum corps. But mm-hmm. I just find it more fun than trombone. So, um, if you're if you're a woodwind player out there um, who's questioning whether or not you should do drum corps because of learning a brass instrument... I would say do it because you don't know what you're going to like and you don't know what you're going to learn until you actually go out and learn a new instrument. And honestly, that's what one of the things that makes music very exciting. It's just mm-hmm. learning all these different instruments. Yeah. Because yeah. Natalie, where, how did you find, you know, a baritone and like what, what kind of pushed you over the edge of, I want to do this? Uh, I think just... Um... You know when you start out in like sixth grade band and everything, yeah. like you don't really appreciate music that much at first. Yeah. But like as you grow with it and you learn to appreciate it and appreciate how much time and effort you've put into it, and it just overall becomes a better experience the better the player you get. And I think like I just fell in love with that again, starting over um, yeah. and learning it again. Like I loved um, watching the progress of not just myself but everybody else in the core there. Um, and you know I think it was just towards the end whenever I played like that little like riff on baritone and one of the staff members was like for a saxophone player you know you're not that bad and like mm-hmm. oh my gosh like oh, my yeah. heart warms like yeah. it's crazy mm-hmm. no I, I had the opposite thing said to me so i'm not gonna tell you i'm not th- i'm not gonna tell you which camp i uh <laughs> which drum corps which caption had told this to me but um i was playing euphonium because i went from playing baritone with sound or so i'm a trombone player originally so i went from baritone and then playing euphonium at drum corps and we were in it was at a camp i was already contracted we were at in horn arc and we were going down the line and i think i was playing two note lipsler in front of yeah. the entire mm-hmm. entire drum corps and the brass caption had looked at me and he said do you play trombone and i said <laughs> yes and he said you sound like a trombone player yeah. and i'm like oh no <laughs> that's not good i play yeah. euphonium so if you hear if you hear those things um Obviously, it was it was in jest. He was just messing around with me. But um, if you hear those things, don't get discouraged. Just keep pushing. Eventually, I learned to open up my embouchure and make a nice, pretty euphonium sound. But 
but yeah, it's it's just it's pretty difficult. Um, obviously, it's easier going from a brass instrument to another brass instrument, mm. especially within the low brass family. But yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of stuff like, "Wow, for a woodwind player, you sound good," or "Man, you play woodwind." Yeah, like, yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of that stuff. But just don't let it discourage you. Just just know that they're not like don't take stuff like that personally. Okay, staff yeah. is just having fun with you, and they ultimately they want to see you get better at your instrument. I would even say ultimately like they are impressed by yeah. people who mm-hmm. do switch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like you had to give way more credit than you know they're owed because it takes so much effort just to learn a new instrument in general. Yeah, and trying to absolutely perfect you know for you know for a drum corps. Um, the craft that you have to build up, you know, in the off season and ultimately um, perform at the highest level when it comes to um, your shows. Yeah, so absolutely. Obviously, for for me personally, it's more of like I have to give them more mm-hmm. than um, than they're owed. So absolutely, because yeah. I mean, it's impressive if you're a, if you're a great French horn player already <laughs> mm-hmm. and you could yeah. slay it on mellophone. Yeah. But it's even more impressive if you're like a piccolo player mm. or like a flute player or something and then you go to bellophone and shred it yeah so it's just it's just one of those things where you got to keep it in perspective like where people come from yeah. i know that mm-hmm. most people that like most woodwinds that when they go from when, it, when you know woodwind to brass most of them they like to do um brass for marching season and um still play mm-hmm. on their um woodwind instrument for yeah. you know concerts so i know natalie you have some experience with that you want to talk about it um so, actually, I made it a decision, uh, like, junior year, that I was just going to stick to, um, like, euphonium for concert and marching. Oh, okay. Um, so, I really only do saxophones for, like, um, solo and ensemble, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Like, fun stuff. But, um, I guess, like, switching from concert season and marching season, just on top of that, don't get discouraged. It's a whole different ball game mm-hmm. once you go into concert season and you're expected to play, like, pretty and soft. Mm-hmm. And you're just used to blaring and... Yes. You know, articulating different ways. So don't get discouraged on that. And, um, you know, you're just really going to have to put in the hours for it. Um, But I will say it's worth it. Yeah. And I would say that's the same for, like, all instrument groups. Mm -hmm. Because when you're you're playing in drum corps, I mean, it's it's a similar pedagogy. Mm -hmm. Like, um, at the academy, we used, like, Arnold Jacobs, like, pedagogy for, like, low brass and, like, using air and embouchure and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And that can be applied directly to concert season, but you're just using air. You're just using a ton of air for drum corps. You're immediately going to be the loudest person in any band you go to once Mm -hmm. you come back from drum corps. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You just gotta, you just gotta remember like, okay, I'm in concert band now. I'm not going to play for Blastissimo for like 10 hours. Yeah. And just really take with your texts and stuff what they tell you to heart because I just remember like anything somebody told me I wrote it down or like I still have like you know when you do an audition and they um mine was a video audition because I don't think the caption head was there Mm -hmm. um and I still have the piece of paper that he like typed out like all his um comments and things like this is what you need to do to build your embouchure Mm -hmm. and like I keep all that stuff to this day just because it helps me so much yeah yeah I understand because I know that I think for like me personally like whenever it came from switching instruments, you know, trumpet to mellow. Um, we had to, <laughs> I feel like, you know, for that, like us, that we had to switch over a diff- to a different instrument that we had to kind of always be aware of our sound and our, um, qual- and our I won't say air quality, but our quality of um, the instrument because, like, we, we were not, we weren't really aware of what 
um, their, their instrument was, you know, at first, when we first start playing it, but you eventually have to build up that knowledge and um, kind of, like, build from the ground up your um, expertise on it. Yeah. So I would say, like, whenever it came to, like, actually marching, you know, playing, obviously you're playing every single day, um, you're marching, you're doing all these other activities and fun stuff, you know, breathing gym, but um, even, like, outside of, like, all of that, like, during rehearsal blocks, like, you know, during breaks, I'm sure that you also had to um, look at your music constantly and, like, try to, oh, like, yeah, stay definitely. stay aware <laughs> of, um, like, what, what could happen during a music block and, like, what um, we could possibly be going over. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to stay, um, like, on the baseline with everyone else. Yeah. Like, um, I guess it was just, try- like, being able to tap into that mindset again, like, okay, rehearsal mode, you know, um break time, I can take a drink of water, I can put the horn down finally, like, things like that, and just being able to tap into those two different mindsets of, like, relax and, okay, it's time to work. Gotcha. I mean, obviously, like, for, I think, kind of transitioning from, you know, where we we are with, like, switching instruments, you know, from, like, a season, like, from, you know, from a baseline, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to switch to a brass instrument, me switching to a different brass instrument, and you switching to a similar instrument, Philip. Can you talk about um, playing both instruments at the same time when it came to your season at Academy? Oh yes, forgot about that. Um, so <laughs> at so at the acad so um so at the Academy in twenty nineteen, we had trombones in our show, and um, so I had me, I guess, the entire euphonium line had the opportunity to play both um, trombone and euphonium in one season. And for a lot of people, it was like a blessing because they already played trombone and so they already (laughs) knew what to do. But for, I would say, a good portion of the section, they had no idea how to play trombone. So they had to go through a similar learning curve of, okay, learning the slide position, learning what the embouchure's like. Because it's very, they're similar instruments. Obviously, they have the same notes um, and similar things, fingerings and stuff like that. But... Um, slide positions, whatever, yes. and when you're marching a, a season as a trombone player going from baritone, um, your trombone chops are going to be pretty much destroyed, and oh. you're going to have to work. <laughs> you're going to have to work to build up playing trombone again, because there it's very it's a very subtle difference, like in your embouchure and what you're doing with your air. But it's subtle and it's it's subtle, but it's big enough to where it's like okay, it's it's noticeable. So play you're not going to sound good. I remember. Um, when I marched Genesis and came back to high school, um, I was not the trombone player I was. I was significantly worse on trombone just because I was so used to playing euphonium. Um, so what playing both instruments with the Academy allowed me to do was maintain my trombone chops, but also keep building up my euphonium chops. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was very, very beneficial, even though we only used trombones for like one minute long section of our show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm sure you had to work at um, those, you know, um, your little licks. Whenever it came to that little por- that portion of the show, you had to constantly work yeah, on that. Yeah, it, it was one. It was season. yeah, it was one feature. But we read that feature so many times, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the people who didn't play trombone um, only knew that feature on trombone. So. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say because like, are they? Was it for them? Was it just like I got to get through this, or like, did they actually like try and like master well, it? Well, a lot or? of people got cut from that part, unfortunately. Ooh, uh-huh. um, I probably shouldn't say that. But I mean, like, it, it, happens. Happens. it happens. It happens. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, but yeah, a lot of people ended up getting cut because they 
trombone just wasn't clicking for, with them because mm-hmm. they didn't really. Well, I, never mind. I, I would say they didn't have enough time to practice it, but I mean, oh, <laughs> off season. Um, no, no hard feelings. But um, but yeah, but but the people there were a lot of people who didn't play trombone, but then like got it. So mm-hmm. it was just one of those things where it's like, um, even though they're they're very similar, they're also very very different. Yes, and. Luckily for me, I knew how to play trombone already, but not everyone got the positions. Yes. They got c- positions confused, or they weren't quite getting the slide where it needed to be, mm-hmm. and um, ear training helps a lot with that, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. We did a lot of ear training with trombone, so so yeah. Um, although it, it was very nice getting to, to play trombone while playing euphonium yeah. to keep my trombone chops from dying, mm-hmm. essentially. Cause I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's more of a familiar instrument to you because you, know, you played it in high school. Yeah. You're fortunate to have the opportunity to still play it, you know, for DCI this past, you know, back in 2019. Yeah, and those trombones we got um, from the academy were really nice trombones. Okay. I actually used the trombone. I used my academy trombone um, throughout the rest of my high school year as my main trombone, just because it was way better. Did you keep it? No, I didn't keep it. Oh, I wish well, I would have kept it though. It was, it was, um, it had an F attachment, but um, okay. Using that trombone in jazz because I was in jazz band and I played lead in high school. Um, <laughs> No, but playing lead jazz, lead trombone on that on that trombone was so nice. It, that I I could play like a double F on that like flawlessly, nice. and I can't really do that on regular. I'm not the best high note player in the world, yes. but man, that trombone could really. Oh, it was such a nice trombone. It sucks that we can't use them anymore. Oh yeah, because <laughs> like for I think um, like for you know other cores that they have. Uh, you know, for example, the Blue Devils, they have a lot of mellophones that switch to trumpet. Yeah. And they, ha- you know, obviously they're very similar, but for, you know, a mellophone switching to trumpet that hasn't played trumpet, maybe they have, but um, they had to think, probably, I wouldn't say think of it the same as me, thinking higher, you know, the opposite of what I had to do, but they have to absolutely like, rep that, rep their um, section of the shell do it god knows how many times and obviously it had to be clean i'm sure they yeah. spent hours you know in a day just trying to clean it up to be how it how it is for the final product and i know that especially for like a weird one is um phantom regiment 2018 they had snares switched to tenors oh yeah you know and i could also say vice versa for um blue devil 17 they had you know, all of the drum line on snares, and they went back to their yeah. respective well, instruments. Well, I'm sure that would have been easier going from, like, tenor bass to snare. Yeah, of course. But, like, when you, like, for Phantom, it was, like, from one, yeah, drum, yeah, from one drum to... From snare five. to tenor. Yeah. You probably don't have that much experience with mm-hmm. tenor. That was probably very difficult yeah. for them, I can imagine. Exactly. Like, it's just depending on your show product that, depending on yeah. if you will switch instruments during your show, obviously it's depending on what you play. Um, but, yeah. and even then you could go into a drum corps season and play an instrument that you had no intention of playing. Yes. Like you could be, um, you could be contracted as an alternate spot as like a mellophone. This happened at the Academy. We had, um, mm. I remember you told me something like this. Yeah. So continue. we had, um, a euphonium hole open up. Unfortunately, um, he got injured. Actually, we had a couple, uh, euphonium holes open up because some people had to go home. Mm. For financial reasons. You didn't call me? I'm just kidding. So you, you don't want to play Jupiter Euphonium. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I promise, you don't want to play that I, I one. Bet. Um, <laughs> and then one of them got injured and had to get sent home. And so we had the Mellophone alternate come in and be on Euphonium. So mm. 
yeah, she was contracted as a Melophone, but then, like, halfway through the season, she had to go play Euphonium, and I don't think she played Euphonium much, mm-hmm. because, again, she was just kind of thrown into it. She yes, didn't ask for that. She mm-hmm. was just kind of thrown into it, but she held that horn, and she rocked it, I so bet. visually, it was like, oh my god, but obviously, she didn't play the horn, mm-hmm. so. I-, I bet in the beginning, whenever she first got the spot, like, for, you know, for baritone, yeah. She was like, I have all of these, you know, I already have this dot book that I have all these notes in, and I'd throw it away and learn this baritone <laughs> yeah. spot. And I mean, obviously, it might have been well, like she that. Was, well, she was an alternate, and I'm sure she was like shadowing with with different yeah. people mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh so yeah, just like she probably she probably knew multiple people's dots, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure. Maybe we can get her on the podcast, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, yeah, obviously, alternate filling the spot, but like we could see what happens from there. But yeah, but but yeah, continue. she was. I think she won Hornline Rookie of the Year. Or most improved Dang. member. She won an award during banquet, yeah. um, deservedly so because yes, she was she was a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, hella respect from everyone in the drum corps. Of course, like obviously, like I think that's a scenario that it happens often. I'm sure, mm-hmm. like you have someone fill a spot that they were not there to intend to fill a spot for, yeah. but and that, that's just kind of the that's just kind of the game with drum corps. Um, mm-hmm. You can show up, you can be a lead baritone, and then something happens, mm-hmm. and you're you're called in for some reason yes. to fill yeah. a melophone spot, mm-hmm. or maybe they need a synth player, and you have piano experience, so that you're now on synth, and it's just it's stuff like that can happen. Again, like I said multiple times on this podcast, getting a contract for a spot does not guarantee you're going to be on that spot. Yes, so anything can happen. You never know. 100%. Because I think that, you know, obviously, when it comes to... Al- alternates are probably a godsend in general. Just because... Yeah. Like, I'm, I, obviously, I'm glad drum corps do this. Just so someone could still feel like a part of the core. And, yeah. like, still, like, learn a position here and there. But ultimately, when, like, obviously, someone's going to get injured. It's drum corps. You know, we are physically like, on the move every single day. So, so uh, someone is bound to get injured and we need someone to fill a hole. Yeah. So when it comes to learning, you know, that, you know, going from, you know, I'm con- I'm contracted for an alternate mellophone position and switching to a baritone position, obviously that is a big um, thing because you have to learn how to, you know, a whole new posture. Well, well I would say a whole new, new, but like, you know, you have to learn how to carry that thing. The same posture with a heavier instrument. Yes, heavier instrument. So, and you have to be able to march, you know, everything that um, low brass has to do, mm-hmm. be able to... I mean, I'm not, I'm not too sure if she played. I wasn't there, but I don't think she played much. But she definitely learned the instrument she, here and there. Yeah, she definitely learned what she could. I'm sure she was in for a couple parts, but mm-hmm. like for for more difficult stuff, yeah, she just didn't know the instrument. Yeah, of course. So, but she still visually, she she looked like she could have been there the whole time. Actually, now that I think about it, there were two mellows. Really? Yeah, there were two mellow alternates who uh, who came in and filled holes. That's it for Barrett. So yeah, yeah, I just remembered the other one. Um, yeah. Both very tiny ladies, <laughs> both absolutely rocked Euphonia. That's sick. And yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Because like ult- ultimately, this episode is just to like mainly like let the audience know that hey, no matter what you're on, like if you switch instruments, you could you could do it. Yeah, you absolutely. could do mm-hmm. it. Like you're, you're switching to high brass to another high brass, low brass from like you know trombone to baritone, similar similar um, sound quality, just switching from. You know, slide the valves, you know, switching from woodwind to a brass instrument in general. Yeah. Like, obviously, everything is possible. You could do literally anything. Yeah. Like, but, but yeah, and I feel like uh, there's a lack of representation on this episode. Mm. Um, if you get put on tuba, God help you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you get put on contra. Um, and we, we have this in our notes, but we didn't really get to it yet. So, 
if you play concert tuba and you play like sousaphone at your uh your high, high school. school this is coming from non-tuba players um, yes switching to contra not having any experience with contra is a tough mm-hmm. it's tough 100 um, i've i've lifted up contras before they are no joke they are heavy even yamaha which is the lightest yes. contra on the market right or at least i think yeah it, it's heavy. Don't get the kings. <laughs> don't don't get, kings. get kings. Do not get System Blue. Uh, don't get Jupiter. Don't That's do heavy. It. System Blue is light. Like, okay, I'm, no, I'm, I'm speaking from a trumpet perspective. They're light. Maybe the trumpets might be light. Trumpets are light. The euphoniums are really heavy and the tubas are really heavy. Um, at Genesis, we played on console horns. Literally, the tubas would get yelled at every single day mm-hmm. because they couldn't hold their horns up. And then one of our staff members picked up the tuba. Mm-hmm. He could barely do it. Oh, I picked okay. up that tuba. I could barely do it. Yeah, I can somewhat pick up a Yamaha, mm-hmm. but those console horns, they are just absolutely brutal. Yeah, because at... Um, good luck to you. Good luck yes, to you. Because at, at um, Guardians, we used uh, System Blue horns. Oh, no. Yeah, obviously, like they weren't the best horns that System Blue could give us. Obviously, it was just System Blue. But, um, ultimately, we did have, like, some issues with, you know, our, um, Contras, kind of... Because they're heavy. Um, yeah, they are yeah. heavy, yeah. No, no, and not no to joke. scare you, because people do do it. Yeah. People they are, do it all the people time. People are rock stars yeah. on tube, and you yeah. learn to get really good at it. Yeah, you, know? you do. Um, yeah, there, and, and no matter what your strength level is, if you come to, if you come to A drum camp. corps, camp, spring training, whatever, and you're shredded, and you're on tuba... You're still going to have trouble. It's just yeah. a matter of when. And if you come in with absolutely no strength training at all, you're going to have a rough time. But you're still going to get stronger and you're still going to learn how to hold it up. Yeah, the best way to learn how to hold the horn is just hold the horn. Just I feel yes. like everyone's like, well, I'll do push-ups, I'll lift weights or stuff like that. But honestly, the only the way stuff to... Stuff like that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that helps. But the only way to get used to it is just to hold it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's no exercise that can replicate standing yeah. with, at horns up or tubas at yeah. carry. I think it's obvious. Don't go to the gym and bring your, you know, mellophone or trumpet. Or, I mean, you could, you but could, you'll, you'll look made fun of. Yeah, you'll, you'll look ridiculous. Yeah. Like, because I, I feel, because like sometimes I'll work on um, eight to fives at the gym and I'll like, get people like, what the hell is he doing? You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, you yes. get that at the gym? I, yeah, I, well, yeah, they, um, at, the, at my college gym. Because oh. I'm just like, because like, this is like a little area. Do you just go on the treadmill? And, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not that bando, but I at least like work on it for a little bit. Like, okay, like I need to, you know, not straighten out my legs as much as I should, but like have that slight bend. Yeah. Look, you know, look and feel good. Like make sure I'm being level and not moving or shaking. But, um, cause I also, you know, I've done a straight leg, I've done bent leg. So it's like, I, I like to switch between the two and like s- yeah. see how consistent I could be. That's crazy. You do eight to fives at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, it's not like I have like lines to show me like where I'm at, but yeah. it's like, it was 22 and a half inches. So. Yeah. So like on average, I'm able to like hit an eight to five consistently yeah. at least with that little space. I do it at. This, this man. It's like walking to class with like straight leg. <laughs> oh my god, okay, you are not a true band kid if you don't like march at the grocery store or like march mm-hmm. to class. Oh yeah. Oh no. I march at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm going down the aisles, I'll like just be walking normally and then I'll yeah. like start marching just out of nowhere. That's true bando kid right there. I do that Honestly. sometimes or I'll try to make it like not obvious and I'll just look down and like make my legs straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I also kind of want to touch on. Um, also, like, kind of, like, learning a new technique, do not be scared of that. Yeah. It's like, because ultimately, like, the, the technique that you use at your high school, you will not use at, you know, you, the, you might. the drum corps you might. I mean, obviously, you might. You might. But um, at the drum corps you're going to... They're going to be more picky about it. Yeah, and detailed. Extremely. Because yeah. me switching from straight leg 
um, uh, from Compass to Guardians in the same year, doing straight bent leg, it was completely different. Like I had to get used to it for about like three, like two, three days. Mm. But like honestly, as soon as I, you know, was consistently doing bent leg, my legs felt beautifully. Like straight leg was destroying my legs, but as soon as bent leg, I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I could fly. Yeah, like I was just yeah. going, and like bent leg. Honestly, like you, once you learn bent leg, you're not gonna forget. You're not gonna really forget. It's gonna feel really natural. Straight leg, it's more like you could you you're more able to define and detail it and make it more clean. Yeah, it's easier Usually. to clean straight leg, for yes. sure. Um, but just don't be, you know, intimidated by that. It's That's probably, like, a small little detail I could throw in there. But um, ultimately, just have fun with it. It's drum core. Even if you don't get a spot and you get cut doing whatever we did, don't, you know, get discouraged. Just try and have fun with this, you know, as much as you can. Make new friends. Do that, and you'll have more people to help you out in the long run. Um, anything else you want to let? You want to um, add? Yeah, I mean, I have no experience switching techniques from different. I mean, mm-hmm. indoor, just a little bit of experience. Marching, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We have a whole. We have something for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I haven't really switched techniques. Most of my marching career has been relaxed, um, straight leg. So, yeah, but um, yeah, that's all I have on my end. What about you, Natalie? Um. Just do it. Just switch to a brass instrument, a yes. large drum core. You'll you'll love it. Definitely. Well, I hope you love it. I think you will. <laughs> you will. You will. I, yeah. I even think for um, if you're a woodwind player wanting to be on the drum line, cymbals will be more accurate because yeah. it, like obviously it's more visual, but um, I think it's something that you can consistently learn throughout. Because um, I have a few friends that they haven't, you know, they didn't march. Um, uh, cymbals first they marched you know brass or woodwind or they you know did everything in between they said you know what i want i want to march drum corps i want to do cymbals do cymbals yeah do cymbals like, or like do auxiliary yeah or do synth obviously put yourself out there and you know see what the staff have to say about you when you get your feedback and ultimately yeah you never know what's going to happen until you go for it exactly yeah well, you have anything else? Is that no. last anything less? No. Nope. Nope. I'm good on my end. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Natalie, for coming. You know, coming with us, being of on the course. podcast. You know, we appreciate you. <laughs> um, is there anything? Is there another um, thing like? Um, what are you doing after this? You know, we're gonna be in the future. Do you have anything going on? You want? You want to say? Um. Hopefully, just still marching drum corps. Um. I don't really know what core yet, honestly, mm-hmm. but. We'll see where it goes. I know this year's COVID and weird and all, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. And yeah. yeah, good luck to everybody. Exactly. Well, there's nothing else. Um, well, thank you guys for listening to Set the Arc. We appreciate you guys listening about, you know, just learning new instruments, techniques, and just being more efficient on this instrument and music in general. Um, you know, if you know, we do hope that you guys pretty much like just enjoy our podcast you know we we do hope that y'all subscribe to us on your respective um, platform for listening and you know if we have any feedback um, that you want to give us or reviews we appreciate them to better ourselves in the podcast um if you have any questions for us please email us at set the arc show at gmail.com but there's nothing else i'm jeremy he's philip and that's natalie we hope you have a great day